Hello and welcome to Crusher Talk episode number 39. Wait, 40. Oh my gosh. Um, wow, 40. That's pretty cool. Well, welcome to 2023. Hopefully you guys had a good holiday and a good New Year's Eve. Um, I don't think New Year's Eve is really anyone's favorite holiday. That's my theory. I could be wrong, but I just feel like nobody likes New Year's Eve, but I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, headlines. Uh, speaking of New Year's Eve, we did play a show on New Year's Eve at the Melody Inn in Indianapolis for Punk Rock Night, which is a nonprofit uh, music event uh, that's been happening for the past 20 years and brings bands from all over the country to Indianapolis. It's kind of a special night, and I do really enjoy the group of people that put it on, and we really enjoy those shows because we tend to have a really fun live audience and People are friendly. It's a built-in crowd and an event where people come out to, you know, check out bands and they're they're always buying the merch. It's just a great environment. So that was great. But I will say um, at on, um, I think it was like 11.58 p.m., um, I, Dr. Kane, and our drummer, Brendan, Mr. Golda, were all standing outside. It was very, very cold. I was wearing a very skimpy outfit with like a fur coat over it. We're all standing outside with his drum kit all set up because each band used their own drums, which was kind of weird, but whatever. Um, And we were waiting to go inside. They were doing like a PBR toast at midnight and it was a packed house, like sold out. So we were just kind of like shivering outside as the countdown happened. Um, So it's kind of a surreal moment because everyone was inside the club during the countdown and I like popped in for one second and popped back out because it was too crazy. Um, And then there was all this machine gun fire. It was definitely semi-automatic weapon of some kind. Just, I mean, I'm used to like gunshots here and there, especially in like Southern California. That wouldn't be very uncommon at all. But this was just incessant nonstop semi-automatic rifle fire, which really bordered on festive into like aggravated assault like it was just scary and so that was kind of weird and I guess they were calling it uh Indiana fireworks which I don't know it was just it was just non-stop firework or non-stop gunfire so that was a little bit weird um the show itself was really fun though thanks to anyone who is listening that came out it was a really cool night and we had um Jacob Kagan on second guitar he had never played with us before he was supposed to play with us last time we came to the Mel and he broke his hand like or his wrist right before the show and he was super bummed because he had learned all the songs which was just like so tragic um so we were able to call on him now that he's healed and he knew the songs really well and he just did a great job and was just so I don't know professional and just came up and did everything and it's always good when you're just you don't notice an extra player because they're just melding into the band so well and that is something that you should never take lightly because that's just very uncommon. So thank you, Jacob. You are a mystery crusher for our 2023 first show of 2023. And we really appreciate the fact that you came out and learned all the songs. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So more headlines, more headlines. Um, I wore a wig for new year's Eve. That seems important. Um, we did do an encore, even though it was Los Angeles by X and we have decided that Midwestern punk rockers do not appreciate the song Los Angeles and I can understand why so (laughs) we're gonna maybe not do that one 
as much. We'll see what happens. I just found it funny. Like we ended the night. It's always funny when you end an encore with something that you feel like people don't want that much because then they're like, yay. Okay, cool. I'm done. I had enough. It's like you give them a dessert that they just isn't very palatable. So we did do that. Um, we did get uh, named number one album on the end of year list for Faster and Louder. That was pretty cool. Like that was kind of a special moment. And we found that out on New Year's Eve. So that was kind of a special moment. Um, what else? Uh, New Year's Eve re- resolutions. Um, I don't really have my nail down just yet, but I have been revisiting the work of Gretchen Rubin, who is a happiness researcher and just an overall nerd. Like she writes books about the five senses. She has a book called Inner Order, Outer Calm, which is all about like orderly spaces. Um, she's just like a really nerdy person who has this really great way in like the best possible way, this great way of like condensing down the archetypes of different people and how they respond to things that they want to do and things that they need to do um, without reducing them down to something like very flat and one dimensional. I'm probably describing this terribly, but she has a way of like putting each personality into a bucket without like, you know, doing them a disservice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I really like her four tendencies framework. I know that a lot of people will, um, you know, not love the idea of everyone fitting into four tendencies. But the thing about the four tendencies that I really like is you can be a little bit of each one. And the whole concept of the four tendencies, which is something that Gretchen Rubin created, and she has a book about it, Um, the whole purpose of it is to better know yourself and to better understand your own parameters and why you do what you do. And the reason I bring this up in the headlines is because I've been thinking about it quite a bit as we've been getting into the new year and I consider myself a questioner rebel. So, um, I just feel like this might be something you're interested in or might help you with your, um, new year's resolutions or just things you want to do in 2023. Um, if you haven't heard of her work, I just found, I just really latched onto four tendencies and I can see it in different people now. And it really helps me understand like why certain people need external accountability. Um, and then why some people can just kind of get things done without necessarily needing that outside force. Uh, why certain people like questioners need to always ask why and understand like the why and the reason behind it. Um, I don't know. I just found it really interesting and like knowing myself better has helped me in knowing, for instance, I'm, I always had trouble with like pre, pre-created, um, like ready, ready to use calendars that were like journals. Um, cause I'm like a huge journaler, but once I got into bullet journaling, which is essentially a journal, it, it's a, you, you have a couple tools that you use in your journal Um, but it's really up to you how you do it and you set up each month yourself. You literally write out every single day by hand and this may sound tedious and terrible for a lot of people, but for me, I love that it's customizable and I'm writing out my month and I'm literally creating the calendar from scratch. I have literally have blank pages with nothing on them except for tiny, tiny little dots and I can create each day of the week has like its own little, um, rectangle. And then I have a page that's all dates and you can actually set up your bullet journal um, with a couple different parameters that are already available that make it very easy, but then you are in charge. So I'm like more that rebel questioner. So I really love that. I don't know why, but I would just always rebel against the lines and the shapes 
in the calendar. I would never want to like write within the lines or if they give me a certain amount of space, I would just scribble all over it. Like I just couldn't handle being boxed in. And so having this ability to like take my marker and like make each day what I want it to be and like do drawings or like, I don't know. There's also a great system with bullet journaling where things are either being forwarded to the next time they can possibly happen or they're being sent back into the, um, well, I guess sent forward, whatever, into the thing called the future log. And the future log is basically like, I don't know, it's a whole different thing. I don't want to get too much into it, but it works for my brain. And the only way that I actually realized that was through coming into contact with Gretchen Rubin, Gretchen Rubin's work and learning that I was a questioner and I, I do like customizable things. I don't like things that are arbitrary. I like to really have some things that's just customized to my brain. Um, and in case you're wondering like what the tendencies are, I'll just tell you briefly like the names of them. So there's, there's rebel, there's questioner, there's obliger, and there's the upholders and upholders are the rarest one. And if you are an upholder, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> um, cause I tend to have to do a lot of questioning and researching to get myself to do stuff. Anyways, just might be something worth, um, checking out in the new year might be helpful to you. Um, let's see, what else do we have in our, um, in our headlines? I have a couple notes here today. Um, I took my first DNA test to see if I have a, uh, possible blood clotting issue. Um, I've never done one before and I have to say I was disturbed beyond belief at how much spit you have to put in the tube. I don't, I just don't get it. Like, how does anyone spit that much? Like there's, that's a lot of spit for me. It made me realize that I just probably don't have as much spit as other people. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I just felt like it was something new that I had never experienced that literally shocked me. So if you disagree with my findings and you think it's very easy to do a DNA test and spit that much in a tube, please tell me because I was shocked, flabbergasted. I was just sitting there for like minutes, just like Tiny little bit, tiny little bit, tiny little bit. Um, what else? Okay, yeah, we were gone for almost two months or a month and a half, and mice took over our house. So that was really a horrible situation to walk into when we came back. Of course, it could have been worse. We could have been broken into. Um, a number of things could have happened. You know, pipes could have burst. But, excuse me, what happened was we had a mouse party. And so I have learned my lesson. We left a bag of dry dog food out and that's what attracted the mice and it has been an issue however dr kane has done a great job in eradicating these mice and there's been traps and there's actually a cat that moved into the attic wait the, the crawl space i'm sorry the crawl space of the house which we thought at first was a problem but now we're like hmm let's just keep the mouse it does remind us of the it's always sunny in philadelphia episode where uh, Sweet D has a cat that gets trapped in her um, wall. And then um, Charlie comes over and decides that the only way to get the cat out of the wall is to put another cat in the wall. Um, for some reason, the cats would like, I don't know, be friends and come out of the wall. And then somewhere along the line, somebody puts a bird inside the wall. So there's like a bird and two cats. Anyways, it's all very silly and comical. It's only silly and comical because we've over the past few days have worked hard to get this situation at, under control. We've been doing a ton of sanitizing and 
you know, just dealing with all of the chaos that these mice, even if they were just like a band of, it's hard to say how many mice. I mean, there have been Google searches, you guys, of how much mice poop. We've done scientific research on how many poops we saw and perhaps how many mice were in our house. And it's just not a fun feeling to know that the mouse was in your house. That rhymes. Also, a lot of like my little treasured items were, you know, got mouse pee on them. So I had to go to the laundromat today and I'm, I was literally washing like, uh, I was washing my Letterman jacket letter, which I got for forensics, which is speech and debate. I did take my team to a state qualifying tournament and helped them qualify for state. We did not go past that, but we did, we did pretty good out there in forensics, in speech and debate in high school. Um, so I have my letter, which I've never really put on anything and it got peed on. And so I took it to the, the laundromat along with a bunch of other random things that you probably shouldn't put in a commercial laundry, um, washing machine, but whatever. I was just fed up with it. So that's a headline. We're dealing with it. If anyone has tips about mice and how to you know, keep them out. Let us know. We've been doing pretty good so far and I don't, we haven't seen much else scurrying around the house, but I think that's because we have that cat working for us. Um, and also Peanut says that she's been working really hard. Yeah, she's been working really hard. We can tell she's working hard because all she does is nap. Um, Crave Worthy this week is a really easy, very easy selection. Um, we were treated to a delicious corned beef breakfast slash lunch at Shapiro's in Indianapolis, which is a Jewish deli that has been doing its thing since 1905, family run, um, Jewish deli. Uh, it was very cool. It was cafeteria style. They had everything you could imagine that you would want. Um, there were like cabbage dishes, there was borscht, and there was matzo ball soup and different sorts of sandwiches I got corned beef hash with over medium eggs and that was great. It was a little, it was like a lot of food for what, for what I wanted that morning, but it was great. And I got bagel and cream cheese, which was like, meh, I feel like that wasn't the thing to get. Really the thing I think that I should have gotten is the Reuben. Um, everybody was getting the Reuben and because I had the corned beef, I do know that the Reuben would have been good because there was corned beef on there and it looked, it looked really, really good, um, with the rye bread um, so I would say, yeah, Shapiro's Shapiro's was fantastic. And I just, there were so many things I wanted to get, but it was one of those situations where like you want to try eight different things, but you kind of just have to just bite the bullet and come back again another time. And they also had stuff like spaghetti on the menu. They had what else? Just stuff that you wouldn't expect on there as well. Sort of like a Midwest smorgasbord. Although I don't think it's kosher using the German, is that a German term? I don't know. Smorgasbord? Actually, it sounds Swedish. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Anyways, Shapiro's. That that was cool. And Greg Brenner, who is longtime founding member of Punk Rock Night and owner of sort of a legendary punk house in Indianapolis where we've had the pleasure of staying a few times. He's put us up and he's got this really cool, um, I guess, you. I mean, it's a mansion, um, built in, I believe the 1910s. Um, it's definitely become less of like a, a, a hangout space, um, which is great for him. Um, but it's still a nice warm place that, you know, 
bans can stay when when you know applicable when it works out and it has worked out for us the last few times and we've just really appreciated that and then going out to breakfast and having a delicious meal and some hot coffee and some gossip and talking about um Greg and my favorite movie which is Josie and the Pussycats one of my favorite movies um which is great because you know we are come from totally different generations and different places and yet we still can both appreciate how amazingly great that movie is including the soundtrack um which you did a song yeah which i did a song from that soundtrack uh with a band called the thorazines uh it's uh the song is spin around and if you didn't know all the songs from the soundtrack i think all of them are from letters to cleo which is a band we have been compared to time to time they are a very like pop oriented early 2000s band very energetic fun female singer band um but yeah, I'm getting way, 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 way off from where I was, which was Craveworthy. <laughs> um, my next my next endeavor, though, now that we did Shapiro's and it just got me wanting to try all these delicious delicacies, was like, okay, I need to find a, jealous, a Jewish deli in Detroit. So that's the next thing. I, I really want to get a really good bagel um, with locks um, and, and everything. All the things. Um, okay, next up. Sparkle of the week. Um, did I do anything nice for anyone? I mean, not really. I feel like I've been really lacking on the sparkle of the week. But I will say I did reach out to a client I hadn't worked with in a long time and was able to serve a need that she had in a very short time frame during the holidays, which I, I just wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't like checked in with her. And so it kind of helped both of us. Like It helped her. It helped me. It made me feel good. It made me feel like I need to be more on top of that and that sometimes you just don't know. People need help and they are not going to reach out to you. You should just offer your services. And so that was kind of cool and I was able to turn it around really in a speedy fashion for her. Um, So I guess that's my sparkle of the week. I guess I need to be like a better person because um, I have not done anything nice for anyone in the past seven days that I can think of. But maybe just like chit-chatting with, you know, the barista – at my local coffee shop or smiling at the guy at Whole Foods today is somewhat, you know, a sparkle of the week. But I think sparkle of the week is a good segment because it does hold me accountable and make me like really think about it. Like, did I do something nice for someone? Um, Okay, quality thought. So quality thought of the week, just to like bring it all back around to Gretchen Rubin, uh, because it is, you know, 2023, beginning of the year. Um, Questioners may feel like this is an arbitrary date and they don't care. However, most people do use the momentum and the leverage of January 1st to kickstart a lot of, you know, goals and dreams and new habits and stuff. So I leave you with a quote from her. And this is just such a good habit or such a good quote. I feel like I find myself doing this a lot. So her quote, my quote of the week from Gretchen Rubin is, the biggest waste of time is to do something well that we need not do at all. So I'll leave you with that. Don't be wasting your time doing something perfectly that doesn't even need to get done. You're not fooling anyone with the busy work. Just get to the things you actually need and want to do and start the year off with, you know, checking off something awesome on your to-do list. Anyways, um, I think that's it. And I guess I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, talk to you later. Bye.